Hey everyone, and welcome back to Gems with Genesis, Amar's Camp. Tonight in the hot seat, we have none other, the man on fire, the man behind the mission, Frederick Beatty. But who can explain who he is better than him? So Frederick, welcome to the show. And I want to let the listeners as well as the viewers know, tonight's topic is addressing mental health in men. And this is a vital subject because everybody sees as well as hear mental health and they want to put a negative stigma around it but we're not about to do that tonight we're going to unpack it and we're really going to go deep dive it so fasten your seat belts make sure you have your light turned off so you could cruise at higher altitudes because we're taking this plane higher baby welcome (laughs) let's go so tell the listeners as well as the viewers who you are frederick oh man so, so many things, so many titles I could throw on that. But to begin at the beginning, I, I am an author. Uh, first and foremost, I am a podcast owner and host. I am a strong advocate for domestic violence in men and women, but also a strong advocate for um, addressing mental health with, um, in men as well. Um, so many things that I, that I have my hands in, so many things that I, you know, that I want to put my hands in, but for right now, I think I gonna think I'm just gonna keep my hands where they are for right now, because it's what I have what I have is a lot on my plate, and I want to make sure that at least part of that's cleaned up before I add some more stuff to it. So go ahead and tell us the names of your book that you have out on the market right now, and don't be afraid to <laughs> talk about the other things that you have going on, like the radio show. Oh, you have your books. You're advocating for so many incredible things out there, and you are really breaking barriers. And that's so important because sometimes when you see a black man, a lot of people have a, a lot of negative stigma or stigmas around the black man because they think one, he's either a deadbeat dad, or they think he's locked up, or they think he's a gangbanger, or all these things that the media has portrayed. And I'm here to tell the people and serve notice that not all black men are the same despite the stigma that the media and society is putting out there there are good brothers out there that are working behind the scenes and paving a way for future generations to come so we can't look at one person and expect them to be the spokesperson for every and anybody or cause ourselves to skew our views based on the media so i want you to pull up and pop out and open that lid <laughs> so let me tell you all about these books that i got going on so the first book I, I, I brought i published is broken chains that book was published in 2018 um as a, i was a, as an independent author that book focuses on domestic violence um one of the stories is loosely based off of my own experiences as Um, a person that was abused, but also someone who had hurt someone. Um, You you talk about these, these are situations that we don't necessarily talk about. And we also need to address those, how we, what we can do to heal these people that are going through these situations, whether it's man, whether it's a man, whether it's a woman, whether it's a child, um, they all need to be healed from these situations. And I think a lot of, a lot of us men need to bring, need to kind of talk about that a little more because some of us have been abused some of some men have been abused, um, whether it's in a, as a child or whether as an adult. Those these things need to be brought to the forefront. Um, the second book that I have that I've written as an author is called "The Road Less Traveled." 
this book deals with a lot of the mental health aspects of it. So now we're talking about depression, PTSD, suicide, et cetera, et cetera. Um, each one of the characters that I have here in this book, they they all have they're all going through their own mental health journey, and it's loose. It's very very loosely based upon my own personal mental health journey as as I've real as I've realized I you know there's some things about me that aren't necessarily what they are or not necessarily what they've seen or what they've been within the last five years so just to be very open and honest about it um I personally suffer from PTSD um depression and anxiety um so these are issues that or that are just need to be talked about not only with you know within our within our communities and I know, I know a lot of us as men need to talk about this a lot off a lot more because there's a incredible amount of stigma that goes into that and when I mean stigma I mean but they're not supposed to cry no you're a man suck it up you know be you know brush it off your shoulders and things of that nature that's 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 true and it is not true people i guess what i think people don't understand and i think a lot and i won't say a lot of black women but i think some not all you know what i'm saying that we have we have feel we have feelings too we we have emotions we have we think about things just as much as other people do it's a simple fact of having to bear the weight the weight of a lot of things on our shoulders that makes it so impossible to say something about say something you know there's the weight of fatherhood there's the weight of manhood there's the weight of being a provider there's the weight of you know forging trying to forge and maintain healthy relationships not only with other men but also with the opposite sex as well um there's also you know, career pathing and so many other things that go into that. But those to me are the, just the basic things that I, that I believe, you know, that kind of, that we are that all of us as men hold on our shoulders and we're not, and that's something that we don't, that's not easily talked about. And when we try to talk about it with, you know, someone, an outside source or a significant other, it's always looked at, well, you're a man. You suppose that's this is what you're supposed to do. But how about let's talk about the parts of it that we don't that I, that we don't understand. Some of us know how to be. Some of us know how to be fathers by by watching our father. Yeah, but some of us true. don't. But some of us don't know how to actually be a father. Mm, and that's, and that's a learning process for a lot of us. Some of us know what manhood is. Some of us know what manhood is because we watched it from our uncles and from my from my brothers and from our, from, from my fathers and from my grandfathers. But do we really know how to be men? Ooh. A lot of a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the old ways, a lot of the old teachings have kind of come and gone. But some of those old teachings are still pre- are still prevalent. A lot of us. A lot of us men, a lot of us know what a healthy relationship is or don't know what a healthy, what don't know what a healthy relationship is or don't know how to maintain it. So we have to go back to the, to the basics of that. And it all starts internally with knowing who you are, 
goes back to the identity, goes back to the, doesn't have to go back to the textbook definition of manhood is because that, because that changed, because that's changed from, from what I was growing up as a kid to now, but also the definition of what fatherhood is, because that's changed, that, that, to me, that institution hasn't changed. It's still the same thing. Being a good father means being present, being available, being being teachable, but also being able to teach. So question there, Frederick. So based on all the things that you have said thus far, would you say that by you having your plate so full and going through your personal journey of PTSD, anxiety, and depression, did that come upon you out of a result of something that you went through with a childhood trauma or something you went through in your adulthood. Kind of walk us through what led to the PTSD, the anxiety, and the depression. And then I also want you to talk about what things have you done to try to cope with what um, you're dealing with because sometimes people don't know how to address the root cause, especially men who don't have that outlet to go to and they they try to internalize everything and by internalizing things it's making them sicker and they feel worse in their current situation versus if they would just be bold and courageous and talk about it with a person who can really see where they're coming from identify it and help them get outside of that dark season they're in I think that it will help the men really address those mental health things in a healthy way. I got you. So, and I'll address these, I'll address them each, I'll address each one at a time, each one at a time, because they, but but they all, but they all kind of stem from one, from kind of stem from one thing or were the result of another thing. Um, So the depression part, I'd, I'd always battle depression from, as an adult, from a teenager to an adult. So that's something I'd always battled with. Um, It, I don't, not necessarily sure where that stemmed from, but it was something I always battled with. It was something that was ever present, you know, during specific times of my life. So, you know, there was there was a time where I was, I can recall a time where I was homeless in that and I was overcome with depression and, and sorrow and things of that nature. There was also a time where I didn't I didn't necessarily have my I didn't have my, you know, I I, I didn't have my daughter with me. Well, actually, my my son, my daughter's mom had kind of they moved and I had no idea where they were, so that was a depressing time for me. Um, there was even a time where I was, um, why you know I spoke earlier about hurting someone and also be and also being hurt in a domestic violence or domestic abuse situation. That that part that depression weighed up on me weighed on me heavily. Um, with the anxiety, that's a lot. That's much more recent. With the anxiety and the PTSD, that's more recent. Uh, both of those stem from the, the incident of me losing my oldest child, oldest child to a police-involved incident. Incident. So, and then even with that, with the PTSD came from just seeing the images of people after him losing their lives to to police violence. You know, um, mm. Alton Sterling. I mean. Michael Brown, um, Walter Scott, Sandra Bland, you know, although, although seeing all those things happen and then also seeing 
the effect that it had on me made me really wary of just like we were really wary of just wanting to be around police officers, but also made me very wary of just a lot of situations. The anxiety part of it comes came from just the simple fact of just being in the presence of, you know, law enforcement or just hearing about someone else losing their life unnecessarily to something that could have been easily prevented. Um, you know, I get it's, Wow. And it, it, I don't, that's why I don't, I, and I don't watch the news like that now because after, I think after, after George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, it was, it had got to a point to where it affected me on a much deeper level. Mm-hmm. And I thought about, I thought about, okay. I thought about my health. I thought about, you know, my granddaughter. I thought about, my thought about my family and I thought about what what could I do to make myself better but also what could I do to kind of excuse me push the needle forward in talking about this not from a social justice standpoint but from just from a mental health standpoint so when I came when I came back to Georgia in August of last year I made a point to try to make make wholesale changes in my life. Um, one of those was improving what I put into my body. Okay, the nutrition part, or do you mean mental, mentally, physically, and emotionally? All three of all the th- things? All three, all three. Okay. You know, being mindful of the food that I eat, you know, making sure that I had a, had a drink, drink more water, um, exercise, you know, exercise, you know. You know, I'm, I'm 49 years old, so I'm also you know, these old bones don't act like don't don't act like they want to. So I have to decide to kind of do some things that make me that are, that's less impact. So most, so for me, mostly just walking and being in nature. Also, just had to be very mindful of what I put, what I took in mentally. Okay, I see that. That's very important. All of those things that you're mentioning is is self care. And if you don't take care of yourself, who else is? And those are like your ways that you're coping with the things that you're dealing with, the external factors. Oh, yeah. Come on, oh, come yeah. on, let's unpack oh, yeah. it. We, oh, yeah. we cruising higher, come oh. on. So mentally, I just have to just kind of just put things in their proper perspective. Understand that certain things happen for the reasons that they do. Understand that out of all of this, everybody has their part to play. And, it, you know, acceptance and try to move forward. You know, the, that was that was a difficult part was the acceptance and the moving forward part because this happened in 2015 and that wound is still fresh. So trying to accept it and move forward was the difficult part. And I had to find ways to kind of do that without bringing extra harm or more grievous harm to myself. So... I started, I was already an avid reader, but I started reading more. Okay, Um, I see it. Because you're reading to take your, what you're dealing with outside of the situation and you're trying to rechannel your energy into reading. And reading is putting your mind at ease. And it's also giving you more wisdom, more knowledge, more insight and unlocking a newer dimension. So you don't keep 
bringing up those wounds. And as you were talking, I could hear the pain in your voice. And as you talk about the stories, I hear the triggers. Every time you see something on the news or you hear it on the media, that's a trigger because you lost your baby boy, which was a part of you. He was your seed. And having him taken away from you at a young age and you being a Black man in America and being surrounded by police who may not necessarily understand the Black community, and some police are trigger happy, not all police, then it does something to you. And that led to the anxiety and the PTSD. But what you're doing is saying, you know what, even though this is what I have, this is not going to consume me. And this is what I'm going to do to back out of that and overcome because I still have more fight in me. And I have to pave the way for future generations yeah. to come and lay a foundation. And you want a legacy oh, for yeah. your son. Most definitely, and then, you know, because I have a granddaughter. She's She's my only physical granddaughter from any of my children you know my my daughter's married but you know I, they're waiting on kids and my other two boys I mean I don't know I, well, I know my youngest son isn't involved in any relationships that I know of and I'm not sure what my my middle son is doing as far as relationship wise but for right now this is my granddaughter so I want to make sure that she's protected she's she has all the knowledge that she can had she can attain not only to navigate this world but also to navigate her own feelings when it comes to her father, because there's going to be a, I know that there's going to be a time where she's going to ask me or ask her mother about who her father, about who her father is. And one of us is going to have to tell that, going to have to tell her who he, who he was or who, or better yet, who he is. And Mm, I know for me, that's going to be the most painful experience ever, but I'm ready, but I'm, but I'm ready for that. I already know that it's going to be a painful experience, but I, but it's going to be better for her to know all of these things, to know who her father is to, and to understand, you know, who he was as a person before, before his untimely demise. And that is, that's going to allow her to, you know, those step, those building blocks for her to be, to even be a be to, to elevate even higher. And have you thought about writing a book in in memory of your son, but to his daughter to say not only who he was, but who he is, because sometimes outside forces could get to the children before the family members can. And you don't want somebody else to paint your son in a way that does not depict who his true character you was. Know what? That's, a, that's something that I'm actually in the, in, the, uh, in the thought process of doing now. I actually, I'm actually writing a rough outline for something like that. Um, just trying to fit, just trying to get everything correct in my mind so, so that way it flows properly. So I so I'm working on a rough outline for that. Beautiful. And now let's let's peel the onion layer a little bit back. No, you know what? Let's peel it all the way back. <laughs> let's do that. Because you mentioned the titles of your books, um, "Broken Chains." And then you also mentioned the other title of your book, um, The Road Less Travel. Were those tied to any biblical journeys or spiritual battles that you were on when you were telling your story? Or did you write them as a way to reflect and heal on the circumstances that you were going through in your life? So let's see. Broken Chains wasn't wasn't the initial wasn't the initial title it was a broken circle at first but 
why the name changed. Let's dive deeper. Come on. Why the name Don't changed? Give a surface. Why yeah. the name changed? Because the stories represented so much more than just just a circle. It represented represented change that, that represents the change that a lot of us wear or that we that we drag along or and the ball and the ball that's attached to it. So, Ooh, okay, come on, like the ball and chain that some people represent in the groom cake that that where some people make that little joke, or yeah, are you talking about I'm, I'm talk, talking about the chain, the, the emotional, the physical, and the psychological chains that we wear, the chains that we don't see. Those are the work, mm, the, those okay, that we drag around, you know, when we when we go through these tremendous emotional, physical, and psychological experiences that that shake us to the core and all those are chains that are that, that are either draped over us or that we carry around our waist or that we carry around like like with that heavy ball behind us you know that's that's the reason for the name change because it <clears throat> because it the chain on the cover of the book symbolizes well the broken link of the chain symbolizes a person understanding what they've been through and actually being and actually freeing themselves from that that's why that's the reason why I, why, why I changed the name, but also changed the picture. I like that. Do you have a copy of your book near you that you could hold up and show us the cover? Because I want the viewers to see the artwork there. So Broken Chains, book one of the Heal series. I see the link and I see it broken. And when I see this image, it's so powerful because we think about when the link is broken, it no longer serves its purpose because freedom is there. Liberty is there. Wholeness yep. is coming. You're becoming one and you're no longer bound to things yep. that are causing you to be weighed down. So I like how you have that graphic there and it's so powerful. And I do like, I like the name change. Because whenever I think of a, you said at first it was going to be a broken circle. Yeah. Well, it was. Well, it was initially. Well, it was originally published as that. Oh, okay. So you revamped it. Okay. So you yeah. cruised to a different altitude, and you said, you know what? It was originally this, but it's time to revamp it so I can unlock some doors. I can walk into endless possibilities, and I can free those who are currently bound up mm-hmm. in chains. Oh yeah. And this is the cut. This is the image for the second one. So, as you can see, it's a dark road during the sunset. So, the title for this book was it. It was it wasn't. It was an easy decision for this title. The simple fact of it is that we all as human beings travel different roads. Some roads are massive super highways. Other roads are just a one lane dirt road. Other roads are more, they vary in shape, size, and distance. But we all travel these roads. But for me, a lot of us travel on roads that are not familiar. Okay, so, come on. I see you. Come on. Come so on. What I, what I, and what I mean by the roads less traveled, uh, when we travel a path, the usual is you're given two pathways. The left path or the right path. You know, the left path takes you here. The right path takes you there. Sometimes the path to being free and finding out who you are and where you are, or better yet, how where you fit into the world, 
is often the roads that the road less traveled. So if you, some people just take the traditional left and right path. They never know what happens if you just go straight. Okay, come so, on. I see where you're going. Come on, let's unpack this. And for me, the, there's no consequence to going straight. There's all, you know, and when I say the road less traveled, it mean you don't know where this, how this road is going to go or where it's going to take you. You don't know whether, you don't know the twisted turns. You don't know if it's going to be here, going to be hilly roads or it's going to be, you don't, you don't know if you're going to be in hills and valleys. You don't know if this road's going to be lighted. You don't know if there's going to be tunnels there. You don't know if you're going to come across a rough patch. You don't know if you're going to be stopped along the way. So sometimes navigating those feelings of, of grief and loss and depression and suicide and all those other feelings, sometimes it takes, sometimes you have to take the road less traveled, which means the unknown road, the unknown path. And some people think that traveling the, the more common paths, paths that people have already traveled on, it'll lead them to what they, to lead them to, to peace and happiness and things of that nature. But that's a path someone else has already walked on and they've already attained what they needed to attain by that. Or, and what I believe a lot of us need to travel, we need to go on these roads that are less traveled because when I think when we do, it allows us to finally, it allows us to actually face ourselves in our most, number one, in our most vulnerable, in our most vulnerable form. Number two, in our most, I think, I feel in our most purest, in our most purest form. Because now we're able to look at ourselves in our vulnerability. And we're also able, we're also able to peel back those layers of vulnerability to get to the, to get to the person that's really inside, which in some cases, you know, I tell, and this is something I tell folks all the time, you know, at, at the, at the bottom, at the bottom of all these layers and of who I am, in some instances, I'm just, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still a scared, shallow boy. Mm. And I say, and I say that because when you peel back the layers of fatherhood, identity, um, manhood, and then all the things that we all go through, you you actually get to the essence of who you are. And like I say, for me, I'm still that shy, scared little, scared little boy that was, that was in, that was in sixth or seventh grade. That's still trying to figure out his place in the world and trying to figure out where he belongs in this humongous world of ours. That's, that's, that's constantly changing and constantly evolving. And, and I do, and for us to travel that, that road that's less traveled, it's, it gives us a better understanding of who we are as people, as individuals, and what we can do to help other individuals that decide to travel on the same, travel on that road that's less traveled when they're presented with that same that same choice, when they're presented, when they're at that crossroads. You know, my thing is the one thing that I always say, and it is true, any path forward is any path forward, before you can go on any path forward. You have to have you have to have a crossroads experience. You have to get to that crossroads to where you're given a choice. Left, right, straight. Whichever choice you make is the choice that you make. But make sure when you travel that road, you learn, you gain and you learn all that you need to learn. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding, healing, um, patience um perseverance kindness you know learning to learn 
learning to be learning to be slow to wrath it's slow so learn to be slow to wrath but also slow to speak you know those are things that i had to learn along this along that journey had to learn had to learn to be a much more calmer person had to learn to be patient because i was i was angry impatient had to learn how to be a much more thoughtful person much more had, had to learn how to think three or four steps ahead in the process before I before I acted on anything. I had to learn how to strategize. Most people don't think that strategy is important when you're traversing this path of life, but it is important. You have to learn how to strategize. You know, you have to figure out what your next move is going to be before you make it. You also have to figure out the the the, the pros and cons of each move and the consequences of what you the consequences of the moves. You know, I had to learn to be accountable, not only to myself, but to other people. I had to learn to be much more responsible. Not only for my actions, but for the but some but for the actions of those that I consider my friends and my family. I had to learn how to be more thoughtful. Meaning that I had to kind of peel, kind of pull back sometimes from things that I knew was going to stress me out. Also, I had to learn how to be, how to take better care of myself, which was the mental, physical, and the psychological aspects of all that. You know, sometimes I had to, you know, it, it wasn't an easy process to do that. And I know for a lot of people, that's very daunting. But when you think about it, it's not necessarily as hard as you make it out to be. It's all that's here. So when you kind of when you when you dissect it and you look at it, it's not as difficult as it as it sounds because a lot of these things, a lot of let's be I'm gonna be honest, a lot of those things we as people already already want to do anyway. We are we want to be thoughtful, we want to be more patient, we want to be we want to be less and we want to not have so much anger, we want to be slow to speak, we want to be slow to slow to wrath, we want we want to do these things. It's just a it's it's just the element of time a lot you know something and that's a finite resource something that we don't readily have and it's definitely a process and everyone's journey is different one thing i i like how you were saying is those were things that you had to learn and even though your book is entitled the road less travel you made it known that way because sometimes people want to follow the crowd but following the crowd doesn't always get you the end results that you want because each one of us was uniquely created for a purpose and that purpose is going to look totally different than our family members our friends our colleagues and etc so while you're going through those seasons while you're going through the trials and the tribulations just focus on where you are at and where you want to be and although it gets hard just know that it's not always going to be dark forever the sun is going to come out but while we're going through those trenches it's redefining us to be more in alignment with 
who we were created to be. And we're all a masterpiece. Indeed. Indeed. And when you think of <laughs> when you think about all this stuff, it's like I hear you talking about your journey, Frederick, but I also hear the tools that you have implemented because your books are now tools. They're now staples out there in the marketplace to help somebody else. So had you not gone through what you went through in your life, you wouldn't have the credibility that you have today at 49 years old and your mission is not done because you're still breathing Mm -hmm. you're alive you're whole you're well and you have people in your family that is looking up to you like your g baby your grandbaby Mm -hmm. that baby girl is looking up to her grandpa or papa or whatever (laughs) she calls you and you're doing your part yes um you're dealing with some some things in the mental health space, but you're not always going to deal with that. But the fact that you're addressing it now and you're helping other men by telling them, hey, this is what I have. Like, I have depression. I have anxiety. I have PTSD. I've been through these traumas, but this is how I'm coping with it. You're already ahead of the game because there are men out there who don't want to talk about what is going on in their personal space. They don't want to let people into their private life, even though it could save the life of somebody else. And there are too many people out here who have died from mental health because they were crying out, but no one paid attention to the signs that they were exuberating. Mm -hmm. So then when they passed on or they did something that caused them to take their own life, people are like, man, I didn't know he was going through this, or I didn't know she was going through this. But if you see somebody is off or or if you're close to somebody and you see them not ticking to their own drumbeat that you that they used to tick to, maybe it's time for you to say, "Hey, I just I noticed something was different about you. Are you okay?" And then just kind of do like a soft touch so they could open up. When while you're going through what you're going through, do you have people in your circle, whether they are trusted? sources that you could talk to or do you have a non-biased person like a therapist or something you could talk to because I know when I tell people about therapy in our community there are some people who think going to a therapist is bad when in actuality it helps you you know learn more about yourself and you don't have to find you know a therapist that's in your same community you could find somebody else but check their credentials because it's about getting you to the place that you desire to to be and getting your peace back your joy your happiness your freedom getting over that hurdle so let's really unpack that um a little bit more because we're ready to wind down oh man so on this journey, on this journey of mine, I have a great, I won't say a great many people that are, that are, that are instrumental in helping me, but they're important people. So one of the, so one of those people is actually, a, actually my therapist. Um, she is, she is really, she is really, really good with, as far as us taught us having an open and honest conversation. You know, we, she tells, she, she tells she tells me those ugly things about myself that I didn't want to hear, and and it and it gives me something to think about when I leave. One, you know, after you know, after our little teleconference is over with. Um, another thing is that having family members that are that 
to stand by you means a lot. You know, my mother and my younger brother have been very instrumental in helping me, you know, matriculate myself from one aspect of my life to another. And they've been extremely instrumental in that. Um, having folks like um, like Quint and Coco around um, help me and help as well, because, you know, those are, those are my sisters in Christ and they, and they, and they talk to me and they pray fervently for me as, as, oh my God, they, they are, they have been, they're great. i really, I can't say enough good things about them. And then also having my, you know, my significant other, you know, that's, she's been extremely instrumental in, you know, helping me kind of keep myself balanced, you know, cause there are things that I do that, that throw me so that throw me so much off balance, but you know, she helps me keep that, that balance. So as much balance as I possibly can, can attain at that point. So yeah, those people are very important to me and everyone, they all, they all serve, they all serve to say, they all serve a specific purpose. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful to them for that. But also just the other thing that I, that I, that I forgot to mention and I think that this is so important and a lot of us, a lot of men will, well, a lot of us won't say this, but just reestablishing a, a relationship with God kind of really just made the difference. I, if, if I could, you know, if I'm, if I'm worried, if I'm wording that right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you're wording it right because he's your heavenly creator and you're trying to get your vertical relationship right. So that way you could get alignment with your horizontal relationship. But if you don't get your relationship right with your maker, the one who knows you from the top of the head to the soles of your feet, in and out, knew you before he even formed you in your mother's womb, womb, knew you before he even decided who to birth you in and through, then where would you be? So establishing your relationship with with Christ on a spiritual level and on a personal level, like man, like it does wonders. But go ahead, go ahead. Man, it it uh, it has, and that for a long time I was extremely angry, you know, at God for for what happened. You know, my son's not here. This is it's that's not that's not fair. It's it wasn't right. It wasn't fair. You know, for a long time, I, be- I begged and pleaded with God to look. Please, if you could look, I've all, I've I've lived. I lived my life already. Can we? Can we do? Can we do? Can we do? A, can we do some fair trade right here? Can you take me instead of him? You know, because he hasn't lived this life. He hasn't. He 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 hasn't seen his daughter. He I I wanted him to. I want. I actually really literally begged and pleaded with God to take me instead of him. And the answer was always, I'm not done with you yet. Why you not done with me? He's the one that's not here. And I kept getting the same answer. I'm not done with you yet. So it gets that. So now it, it, I won't say it got to the, it, it didn't get to the point to where I stopped asking the same questions. It got to the point to where I didn't ask the question at all. Because Mm-hmm. understanding that I'm not done well I'm not done here on this on this plane yet and finally understanding 
the purpose of why it happened and the not necessarily the reasoning why it happened because for me the for me to try to delve into the reasoning as to why something happens is is a is obscure and sometimes the reasonings don't all don't 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 necessarily equate to as to, don't necessarily equate to me so I don't ask so I don't ask the reasonings for it so I so I kind of so I throw that particular part of it out of my equation because that because when I jump into that it when I jump into the reasons as to why something happens especially something like this it throws me back into where I it throws me back into that emotional pit that I struggle so much to get up out of so I don't so I don't throw myself into that anymore but but now understanding certain aspects of it you know as to why you know as to why God chose him you know before me you know it's it was a, it was a simple reason you know he God, you know, God told me that he said that my son, that my oldest son served his purpose here on this planet. His his purpose, his purpose was fulfilled at that time. And that would, that would, and as much as I don't like the method of his going, I have learned to accept it. You know, it's, it's still a hard, still a hard pill to swallow because it's another human being taking another human being's life in a in a situation that could have been avoided, but and that's where the acceptance part comes in for me. Understanding that it is what it is, and nothing in nothing on this on nothing on this plane is going to nothing on this the plane this physical plane that we live in is going to change that. But also learning to. be open and be and be forgiving of the individual that decided to do this. Mm, you hit a big one on the head, forgiveness. And that's so hard to do when we as human beings are angry and we have so much resentment pinned up. We have so much why. Yeah. We have so much animosity. We have so much built in and up inside of us that causes us to go on a downward spiral because that was a piece of you. That was your blood. That was your love. And it takes you to a place, but I like how you said you had to go through the acceptance part of this journey. And you also had to have forgiveness because sometimes we may never understand why God does what he does until, you know, we pass the test. And it's so hard, but you know what? That's why he's God and we're not. Because man, yep. hold up. <laughs> there are times, and I kid you not, when my BC, that's before Christ, y'all, slips out and I want to gut somebody like a fish or I want to I want to tell somebody a piece of my mind. But I say, you know what? Sometimes I, I, I laugh because someone had a shirt on that says half holy, but half hood. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. And I was like, you know what? It kind of spoke to me at the season I was in because just like you, you lost somebody and I lost my dad eight months. Uh, it'll be eight months this week. And it's hard when you lose somebody and when you lose them in a way where you knew somebody could have done something differently to 
protect their life, it does take you to a deep place and it takes you to a dark place. But if we stay in that dark place, we're never really going to understand the message for the season that we're in. We're not going to get out of the hole because we're so busy wallowing in unforgiveness and anger and why me we're having these pity parties we're shutting people out we're Mm -hmm. shutting people down and we're just outside of ourselves. we're outside of our character and we're not operating the way that he wants us to operate because we're questioning him when he already knows why he did what we did because we're in the natural we're not seeing the supernatural because Mm -hmm. it hurts the pain is like piercing us to the point where some days you don't even want to get out of bed. Let's just be real. You don't feel like eating. You don't feel like taking a shower. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of mental health. And sometimes people fail to recognize that. And they're like, well, and they'll say some cliche like, we live to die. Or, you know, there's a reason under the sun. Or a child, honey child, God, God is doing his work. You don't want to hear that whenever you are going through your battles, your trials, mm-hmm. and your tribulations. Like, let's just be real. Can uh-uh. we just be I don't even want to say, I mean, look, it was times that so many people said it to me. I'm like, yeah, if y'all don't get away from me with that, I ain't trying to hit. I ain't trying to hit. Go. Matter of fact, I'm going to be nice for y'all. Just leave. And it got to the point to where I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to put, I had to, well, I'm going to say this now because. I had, to, I, had to, I had to put people in their place. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, well, unfortunately, these were people that were, you know, that were that I considered friends at one point. That is like, look, if you're not, if you're not trying, if you're not trying to help, then you're hindering me. And at this point, I'm at a real, I'm in a real delicate spot. I don't need you to hinder me. I need you to help me. You know, and man, just 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 keep praying and keep keep doing it. I ain't trying to hear that right now. I ain't trying to hear that right now. Because it's not going to bring your baby boy back. That's not going to bring your son back, your seed, the man that could carry on your name, your legacy, your birthright. Telling you that is not bringing your son back. Yes, they may be trying to help, but they're not helping in a way that's causing you to rise up and get out of that funk. And hear me loud and clear. That is that is the worst thing that some people could do in the season when somebody is going through, you know, mental, mental abuse, I would say, mental health crashes, mental health on the cusp. So many things. That is the worst thing that people could say and do because like you said, instead of helping you, they're hindering you because they're giving you these words that are making you feel good to them, but to you, it's making you feel bad. But unless they put themselves in your shoes or trade places with you, they're never going to understand why you hurt the way you hurt, why you were pierced the way you were pierced, why you are going through that dark season. So you need some people who have been through that season, who could call you out on your mess, who could pull you up 
stuff. You need those roof tears, just like in the Bible, when they couldn't get through the house to get to Jesus, they tore the roof <laughs> off of that sucker. And they, they lowered their friend in because they said, my friend is paralyzed and he needs to be healed. You need those A1s from day ones who will be your ride or yep. die. And when I'm saying ride or die, I'm talking about not just mentally, but physically, who will get down in the trenches yeah. with you and pull you out yeah. of that mental health. And today we're talking yeah. about mental health mm-hmm. awareness in men. So Frederick, I want you to leave us with some tips to help these men get over some of the mental health traumas and stigmas that Man, they are facing. Look, it's, and I'm not going to say this is all, this is all these are not all inclusive, but they're not, but they're not necessarily all simple things. But these are things that you can do to try to put yourself in a in a better position to win. Number one, it start it starts here. It starts internally. What's your triggers? What triggers you? Was it was a childhood trauma? Was it something that happened a long time ago as an adult? Find out your trigger. Find out the trigger or triggers. Number two, do not put this off as just. Do not put your own mental health off as just another passing thing or another passing phrase. Because when you do that, you hurt yourself. Serious things can happen after that. You can fall deeper. You can fall deeper in depression. You can become suicidal. You can come, you can become manic or schizophrenic and things of that nature. And not and those things are those are even more, much more serious mental health issues. Thirdly, once you got, once you know what your triggers are, once you understand that you're not going to put this off, find and seek help. Whether it's a member of clergy, whether it's a counselor, whether it's through um, through a through a personal confidant, you know, or look, mo- a lot of a lot of your, a lot of these employers have what they call the employee assistance program, which will allow you to talk to a counselor. Have a couple of visits, maybe up to six visits with a counselor free of charge. Speak to your employee about that. You know, sometimes it helps to add to be to be transparent about your situation and reach out to somebody. You know, you never know what's going to happen until you reach out to somebody. And when you find that help, stay, stay in, stay in that, stay in that vein, stay in that presence. You know, because I'll say this, and this is just again me being extremely transparent. I didn't I didn't learn how to navigate my situation on the surface on the surface of my ocean. I had to navigate it. I had to learn how to navigate the deep part. In the deep, there ain't no, there's no waypoints. There's no, there's no waypoints, there's no landmarks. So you're just going off pure, off going off what you see in front of you. So you have to, so you have to guide yourself. So when you get help, stay in that vein. Don't be don't be afraid to ask for more help if you feel like certain things are un, or uncertain or they overwhelming. Don't be afraid to ask for that. You know. You know, and the lab, well, you know, the second to last thing is, you know, just be confident in yourself. Understand that this that what you're going through is a part of you being as a you be a human. And it's what we all go through as human beings. And then, you know, last but most certainly not least, but it's the, but to me, it's the most important thing out of all the tenants that I've mentioned is to, if you have a, if you, if your relationship is broken with God, fix it. 
if your relationship is tenuous with God, make it less tenuous. If you don't have a relationship with God, get one. Wow. Those are some amazing tips, Frederick. And I want to thank you so much for sharing those because somebody needed to hear those tips, whether they were listening, whether they're listening to this podcast via audio or they're watching it and listening to it. And I want to share some tips for the listeners. And one is there's a website for mental health and first aid. If you need to Um, talk to somebody, a non-biased person to help you um, get through what you're dealing with. And it's www.mentalhealthfirstaid.org. And there's also a national um, helpline and it's free. It's confidential information service that provides treatment and support referrals 24-7 to people facing mental illness and addictions. And you could call 1-800-662-4357 for support. And I will paste all of this information in the show notes. But today's segment was on addressing mental health in men. And Frederick Beattie told us about the things that he was going, well, was going through because he's not going to go through this forever. He's breaking those chains, but he really wanted to share his personal testimony and now how he is walking his life out by addressing the mental health issues and stigmas in his current life. And he's coming out of this. So, Frederick, I want you to close out by telling the listeners as well as the viewers who you are again, how they could connect with you on social media and leave one call to action. Gotcha. So, Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, I want to, first of all, Genesis, I want to thank you first and foremost for having me on your um, on your podcast. I'm truly honored for you to have me here. Um, I thank you so very much for allowing me to share this part of this this aspect of me that I don't that I don't freely share with everybody. But I'm Frederick Beattie. You guys can find me on Facebook at Frederick Beattie. You also can find me on Instagram at Mister underscore Beattie. You can also follow us. Follow me. On our um, on our Facebook page at Trailblazers Radio and also on our Instagram page at Trailblazers Radio. Um, also, we have a YouTube page. Uh, so if you see so if you see Trailblazers Radio or YouTube, excuse me, make sure you like it. So make sure you subscribe to the channel because we always are uploading um, interviews and and shows there. Um, my books are um, currently my books are currently on Inst- not Instagram. My books are currently on Amazon. You can find you can find those there. You can just search um the search my name F L B D and you'll find those there. Like I said, in addition to those two books that I've written, I've also co-authored two other books. One is a um, book a book about su- about suicide. This chronicles my suicide journey. The other book is another book by a, a wonderful person by the name of Samantha Swain, um, and three other beautiful co-authors, which chronicles my um, my domestic violence experience from an from an abuser to the abuse. So you guys can find those books on Amazon on um, Amazon as well. The title of the um, the first the first book that I talked about is I think it's called Suicide Road to Freedom, a twenty day um, journal. And the other book is called uh, Domestic Virus Love as a Battlefield Stories of Survivors. So all four of those books are uh, Amazon. They're, they're they're available for purchase. 
And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. You just heard it here live today. Frederick Beatty, the man who I told you he was he's on fire, he's on a mission, and he is definitely laying a foundation and continuing to build his legacy and empire for future generations to come. We address addressing mental health in men. So if you know a man out there that is struggling with some mental health issues or illnesses, share this recording with them because we are here to educate other people, but we're also here to share our stories, our personal testimonies and drop gems so we can help people get outside of their current situations and walk into the purpose that they have been designed for to help them unlock destiny assignments and keys and to help them live out their life fully because we do not want them to die by not igniting who they fully are so until we chat next time peace love and lots of blessings all the information will be in the show notes so read 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 and don't forget to hit that subscription icon on the podcast and then head on over to YouTube and subscribe to the channel. We'll be back soon with other incredible segments. Bye.